Welcome everybody to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is a show where we share diverse perspectives that they don't want you to hear. Uh, this is episode 56. I'm Brentley. I'm Dan. And today we're joined by Coach Fred of Steel Mace Nation Fitness. Welcome, Coach Fred. You want to give, up, guys? give everyone a brief little introduction about what it is you do and who you are. And... Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. And um, what I what I do and what I am is um, I'm a fireman. I've been one for 19 years. And, um, you know, a few years ago, I decided to really get heavily into uh, personal training and fitness because um, fire department needs it. You know, we're we're kind of out of shape like most of America is. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 we're just, we're just a slice of that pie. You know, we're just people like everybody else. So there's a lot of out of shape people, um, injuries and stuff happen. And, um, you know, I was always into like working out and everything, but I discovered the steel mace, um, as a training tool. It's still something that's kind of considered, um, uh, you know, on the, on the fringe, it's not, it's not even as big as kettlebell, which is only just starting to come around now. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of bodybuilders, they see me swinging a steel mace and they're like, what is this guy even doing? It looks like it hurts. It looks yeah. like it should, you know, be a problem. Um, and I just noticed that it isn't, it's actually very beneficial. It's the perfect tool for a fire department. So I just pretty much put together steel mace nation as a podcast. Uh, so I could, you know, educate people about, steel mace and um you know get into personal training stuff so I, my personal training varies across the board i do everything including steel mace but i really wanted to punch hard on the steel mace as a tool for everybody and you are a fireman in elizabeth new jersey correct yeah which 19 is, years which is my hometown that's where i was born and raised and spent you know, the majority of my life. So, you know, I commend you. I think jobs like yours are some of the bravest that I can think of, you know. Well, just hearing that from you and, you know, that your support, trust me, I know you're away from town right now, but we're taking care of your, of your town. Yeah. You know? we're, we, we put pride into our work and it's because of people like you coming back and letting us know, you know, that we, it's good to hear that. That's what people need to hear. They need to hear those positive affirmations. Yeah, and we just want to remind everybody that we appreciate every donation. If you want to financially support the show, there Please are links help. in the description, <laughs> PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. And if you want to donate crypto, send me a direct message. I will send you links yeah. to our wallets. We, we got our first few donations recently, so we're pretty happy about that. We didn't even ask for them. They just yeah, came in. Yeah. So and they're like, let's ask <laughs> now. Let's start to ask. Maybe we'll get more. We yeah, mention it every show. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you guys can't financially support the show, you can always, always, always like the video you can leave a comment you can share it with just one person if you share the show with just one person it really helps us grow word of mouth is really the only way we grow you know the the algorithms hate us youtube hates us because again we share all these perspectives that they don't really want to get out there so thank you so much everybody for listening and watching and supporting and we will jump right into it so one i wanted to just start right off with the fact that your your life has taken a shift recently because as a fireman, you are one of the few who chose to take a stand uh, against what I call the new normal bullshit. That's what I like to call it. But um, the mandates, people losing their jobs over this stuff. Um, what, what clicked in you or what made you decide like, 
I, I need to say something about this. I need to start speaking out. This, this is not right. Well, you know, when you see people across the country losing their jobs because they don't want to take an experimental vaccine, you start to really question what kind of reality we're living in. And I mean, I had chills going up and down my spine. And, you know, right next door to us is New York City Fire Department. And I'm watching, they're putting it in the papers. They're putting it on the news. You know, Joe Blow from the fire department working his last shift because he won't get vaccinated. And, you know, you realize what kind of predicament are we already in, let alone where is this going? Where is this going to, where is this going to lead to down the road? Because, you know, this isn't going to just stop here. Right. And, you know, I, I, I said to myself, if I don't speak up, I will never be able to live with myself. And I have a kid and I don't know what kind of world we're going to leave off for, for our children, but I don't want my daughter to question why her father didn't speak up. Yeah. You know, a lot of the people in this country that are, that are fighting the good fight, they're the salt of the earth. And you know who they are? They're moms and dads. And I want to say right now, I, I get goosebumps. I'm, I'm getting them right now. When I think about the backbone, the backbone is all the moms, like the 25 to 45 range women. They are organizing. They are holding things together. They are providing all levels of support and leadership. The mama bear is powerful, you know, and you know, when I see those people doing it, it just emboldens me to do more. And I really want to, I, I want to go out and make all those people my family. Like I, I, I wish we could all just live in our own state together. So you, you already touched on something that I was going to go into. And it's the fact that, you know, I've noticed over the last two years of all this stuff, the same as you that a lot of the fighting back has been coming from the mama bears from the women and it, i couldn't help asking myself where are all the strong men where are the men standing up to this stuff why are they cowering behind their masks why aren't they saying anything and there were examples you know i'm wearing a shirt from one right now max public house you might be familiar with them they were the first business in new york city the bar to stand up to the mandates, to refuse to comply and to, to open, you know, they got hit with all these fines. Danny Presti lost his business. He lost everything. And when we talked to him, he was our third guest on the show. Actually, his reasons were the same as yours. He's, he's got kids. Yeah. And immediately he just kept thinking, well, what, what type of world are we leaving behind for them? If we're going to keep heading in this direction, what is their future going to look like? What are they going to inherit? And I think that is the big motivating factor from the people who did chose to speak up. But look, there are a lot of parents who didn't, you know, like, so the, the mandates are being lifted in places. Uh, I heard the mask mandate in New Jersey for schools, right, has recently been lifted. And I started seeing these posts um, on my Facebook, specifically because those are more the people I know, like in my personal life where some of these parents were saying, well, like, oh, it's such a relief. You know, we've been waiting for the day. We've been waiting for it. And mm -hmm. I couldn't help but think, why are you waiting? Why were you waiting? So I wrote this to them. Most of them probably didn't read it. Or if they did, they ignored it. I said, the parents who say they've been waiting for this day to have their kids maskless in schools confuse me. 
You shouldn't have been waiting. You should have been fighting back. Waiting is why it dragged on so long. The only reason it's now ending is because of the people who have been resisting these absurd policies from the start and because the narrative is falling apart. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what's been going on here. And, um, you know, you 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 asked the question, where are the men? I mean, they're there. They're there. Yeah, you got you guys watched up in Canada. There was men there. Um, but I think what we're like, we'll we'll dive in on that a little bit more. They're there, but they're not there the way we think of a man being there. There was there was something missing, right? There was something missing. There there could always be more of the men stepping up, but I think in this country, um, you know, there's been a brainwashing over decades, and I know this might sound like tough guy, hyper masculine, alpha male bullshit stuff. Believe me, I am not. All right, I I read poetry and I cry. All right, so I'm not. I'm a poet though. <laughs> Oh, good. I want to read your stuff. <laughs> I, will, I will get some books to you when we meet up. <laughs> okay, cool. But, you know, I, I'm just saying that because, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these alpha male guys who is, you know, I, well, I don't need to broadcast it, right? Oh, bro, you like, you swing maces around and like skulls and stuff, man. That's all like toxic, toxic right. masculinity, man. Yes, exactly. That's, and that's, that's what I'm saying that, there, you know, when I started putting my brand together, I, I was told not to use skulls and bones and stuff like that because it's not sporty. It won't, it won't, you know, a lot of people get put off by that. And I said, well, this is stoicism. All the skull is, is it reminds you that we're Memento not Mori. Memento Mori. You too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You, you, you get it today because no, you know, nothing's guaranteed tomorrow. We're all going to die. So it's, it's actually a positive message, but that makes people scared nowadays and there's a lot of guys out there that are, are like i think they've been brainwashed into being more passive and you know they don't know how to tap into what it means to be a man and they're you know of that they're afraid of this idea of being accused of being toxically masculine or or you know overtly masculine and i think what we're seeing is actually that it's not toxic masculinity it's a essential lack of masculinity and it doesn't right. even you don't even have to be like these these big strong guys like you that's not necessary like one of our friends on twitter he's become a good friend of ours and we've had him on the show a couple times now he goes by the the, the name gay toad <laughs> on there and his name is ricky but he's kind of you know feminine he's not a big strong man he's you know he's a gay man he's an artist he's a designer mm -hmm. the balls on that guy he he has stood up and spoken out and been more fierce than most of the straight guys that i know which is really shocking yeah. but it's just it's a it's a it's a type of confidence it's a it's, it's being disagreeable being, being willing yes, to be perceived yes as, yes yeah. it's wanting to protect wanting to defend and there are different ways that you can do that you don't necessarily have to be a fighter to do that yeah the um the the one thing is uh disagreeable like you said there brent and um you know be being willing to uh speak up and not People are afraid of not being part of the group anymore. If they're afraid of being ostracized, right? They're they're afraid of being yeah. called out or 
upsetting the apple cart. They just, you know, hey, you know, we see this in the fire department. You know, guys get together, their, their companies, their crews, you know, they go along with each other. I know for a fact guys got vaccinated just because the other guys in her crew wanted to get vaccinated. I've had guys come up to me and say they only went and did it because the rest of the crew went and did it. I said, why'd you do it then? And they said, well, you know, I don't want to be the only guy not going against my, my crew. Now, had he done it, nothing would have happened to him because there are guys like me and other guys who are, there's, they're fine. Nobody gives them a hard time, but we make this shit up in our heads. So men, I think nowadays they lack the, um, the hero, you know, the hero, uh, archetype. When they imagine it in their head, they don't imagine themselves being a hero. They imagine themselves being somebody who is part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, Brent, you know, we were just talking about this on our last episode with Heather Mason, um, which was a very different topic we were talking about too. We were talking about problems amongst women, actually, but same thing, you know, in the LGBT movement and people who like us who are gay and call that stuff out we tend to get cast out by a lot of the others. And, you know, that's why, you know, there are so many who do agree with us, but they won't speak out loud about it because they're afraid of losing that place in the community. That fear of ostracization is so strong because it is deep buried in our evolutionary history. Because in the past, if you were ostracized from the group, if you were kicked out of the tribe or the village, that was basically a death sentence. Mm -hmm. So we still have that programming, that deep, deep, deep genetic programming from those times. So it's almost like, you know, social ostracization is more psychologically painful than physical pain. We'd rather endure physical pain than being, you know, kicked out of our group or having our friends, you know, turn their backs on us. Right. But there's a dichotomy to that, Brent. And, and that is that in those, you know, like we're talking about our ancestors there, the, the man or the woman. You know, um, think about those Vikings, right? You know, how they survived. The one, the ones that were willing to push forward a little bit more and say, no, you know what? We need to go this way, not that way. They might get ostracized, but the ones who took that gamble and led their people in a better direction that they didn't perceive themselves wound up benefiting that tribe. They wound up becoming the next great leader um they were bestowed all the gifts of you know being great and everything for having a visionary thought this is kind of like even how it works in, in the field of science you know there's an orthodoxy that we're supposed to have which we, we're not really doing that right now so you know just think before 2019 but there's supposed to be an orthodoxy but with within that there's supposed to be these people who think outside the box, who challenge the orthodoxy. Uh, Heterodoxy, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So the thing there is, remember when everybody thought the world was flat? Well, I don't remember because I wasn't (laughs) alive then when everyone thought that. There's actually so much people that are called flat earthers. There are still people who think that, which is crazy. (laughs) That is true. They need to come stay on the space coast for a bit and watch watch these rockets go up into the air and live stream. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. But But there was a guy who stepped up and said, no, it ain't flat. It's round. And what happened to him? They catapulted him out into the ocean and said, get the hell out of here, you crazy man. 
There's Carlo, always Carleo, you know, Giordano Bruno. A lot of people don't know Giordano Bruno, you know, burned at the stake for saying that, oh, well, see all those stars out there? Those are other suns. And there could be other worlds out there, other planets, which burn in. You know, the Puritans, yeah. the Puritans basically founded the colonies here in America. They you know, were so socially ostracized in England at the time that they all just got on boats and left. Yeah. They faced, right. you know, a lot of them died making that that trip. Yeah. That journey was very perilous. And then they, more of them died, you know, trying to start farms and communities. They were just evil Atlanta. colonizers, Brent. Right. Yeah, but good point, though, because they needed to get out of that stupid place they were in where you couldn't have free thought. Right. That's so important for us humans. And what's been happening recently is you can't have free thought. Yeah, that's dangerous. You're you're being censored. You know, you're I mean, you guys, you guys are hip to all this stuff. You know where to go to get the information. All the great minds, the doctors, the scientists, how many people signed off on the Barrington Declaration yes. and all that stuff. And does anybody even know about this? Does no, because they won't put it on the news because it goes against what they want you to believe. And it's a belief system. It's an ideology. It's yeah, supposed to be science. There's this weird sort of like mind control field that's created and maintained by television and like the New York Times. It's like if it's not, you know, on TV, if it's not printed in the front page of the New York Times, a lot of people just can't even grok that it's it's a real thing. And they right. absorb their narratives right. from those centralized forms of information. Because, and a lot of them, you can't blame them because, you know, they, they've got kids, they're working two jobs, maybe they're right. parents. Yeah. They don't have the time to, you know, to sit there and do the research, which yeah. is why folks like us who us have the time, it, yeah. you know, we try to break it down and make it as simple I, as I possible. I think so. They also, people. they also just don't want to allow themselves to think or believe that our leaders could be so evil, so heartless, that they could possibly do right. something so sinister to us. It's just like, no, like, you know, they couldn't do that. And it's like, dude, the Holocaust was barely even a hundred years ago. Right. Like, that's right. a flip on the radar. See, uh, that's, that's a good point. Do we really I, think that humans have changed so much since then? Yeah. Our gadgets right. are fancier and our tech is like more high tech, but we have not changed. We're still the same. We're the same as our Paleolithic ancestors, pretty much. Pretty much. That's right. And and I grew up watching the History Channel. And uh, even in school, we learned a lot about the Holocaust. Um, and and I remember thinking, even back then when I was much younger, like, well, that was a government. And they actually did that. So all governments are capable of doing this. I realized that back then. Same. And and, you know, I've always been skeptical. Um, I was taught to be skeptical. I was always taught to question things and, and to remember that if you really need an answer to anything, it's, it's, in, it's in the Constitution. It's in the Declaration of Independence. It's in, it's in the Bible even. You know, it's, there, all those answers are there. We don't need to reinvent the wheel on, on, <laughs> on what's right and wrong, do we? I think yeah. people like us were, were made for these times almost. It's the yeah. propaganda just, it didn't stick. It didn't work on us. And maybe, right. maybe it took some other folks much longer to wake up. But people like us, right from the start, we were like, uh, this smells fishy. I don't trust anything. I don't trust <laughs> right. anything. They right. Say to me. right after it was two, what, in two weeks to stop the spread became, you know, months and months and now years. It was just like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell you something. This is this is true. It, 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 I think it was in the 90s 
I remember watching the news. I, I, I wasn't sitting there watching the news, but it was on. And it caught this caught me and I stopped frozen in my tracks and I watched the TV. It was Bill Gates in Africa and they were giving vaccines to people. And I grew up, I was born in 73. So by the time the 80s hit, all we were hearing all the time was how Ethiopia had starvation. We were doing, we, we are the world. We are the children. I don't know if you know this song. Yes. But that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was big. I, I mean, I know the words to it and I don't even listen to that kind of music. Um, they raised a lot of money. Hey, we're going we're gonna to save all the starving people. And, and then there's Bill Gates giving, giving out this vaccination. And I thought to myself, population control. That's what I thought. I said, that's probably, they're sterilizing those people because all I heard on the news was that there was uh, overpopulation. And then there's this guy who did something with a computer and now he's over there with vaccines and that popped up my head. And it went away. I never thought about it ever again. Then all of a sudden, here we come around again, and it, there's this guy again, Bill Gates, talking about vaccines, and it just brought back that memory. And I said, I don't trust that guy. Now I don't know if that's true, but that was my gut feeling at the time. Well, you don't. You don't even need to know if it's true. You can just put two and two together with a bit of common sense by paying attention to what guys like that have said. Think yeah. about it in this very basic way. And I've said this before in the show. Here's a guy who's on the record saying he believes the world is overpopulated. Him and his buddies saying this. Mm -hmm. he, he's never said anything like, oh, we need to reduce the population. I've seen people saying that online. There's nothing of him on record saying we need to reduce it. But he is on record saying we need to slow down the population growth. And you're going to take health advice from someone like that? Why would someone like that want to make people healthier so they live longer if they believe there's too many of us and we need to slow down the growth for the population? The exact it quote, makes no fucking sense. The exact yeah. quote that he was given was during a TED talk where he said something like the world has the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's it. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we can right. lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%, but they're right. an increase of about 1.3. And so it's funny because this has come from a Reuters article where they're sort of debunking the whole idea that he, you know, wanted to slow the growth of, you know, the population. But that's the quote, you know, people can draw their own conclusions. Yeah. It's just so funny how it was always- You want to like take health advice shows. from that guy? Be my guy. Right. Well, yeah, he's- He's not a doctor, so why should you take health advice from him anyway? Terrible. Recently, but right. he's got a gut, he's got tiny little man yeah. arms, his yep. like falling off of his face, his hair is falling. He does yeah. not look healthy. Like, he's why like, would you take health advice from He's got a, a gut, man boobs, and, and toothpick arms, he said. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I think I think with uh the the whole population control idea. Um, you know, I don't know if it's true if he's a eugenicist or not, but I've read things that he was or that his father was, but that all does come out of eugenic eugenicism. Um, and, you know, this is all stuff that anybody can look up and read and and come to understand on your own. And when it comes to learning about the world around you, really what's going on, um, you, you know, uh, my recommendation to people is, you know, you can't just you, you can watch the news. Okay, but you have to watch it 
like assuming they're totally fucking lying to you. Critically. Okay. We we only then, watch it. We watch it to compare what they're saying to the other yeah. information we're getting elsewhere to see right. what are they leaving out. What are they trying to distract us from? So yeah, what you what you really need to do is I call it COVID college. And for the past two years, I've been in COVID college. Okay, every single day I chip away at the stone. I if I had this kind of work ethic with my studying. Back when I was in high school, I'd be a friggin' doctor. I'd be a brain surgeon. I don't know what I'd be. I wouldn't be a fireman. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but when it when it feels like your life and your liberty are on the line, you you start taking shit seriously. So you know, I sent away and I got this book. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, the real Anthony Fauci. By okay, Kennedy. First All right. So thing. Robert Kennedy is a Democrat, right? Now I just got off the phone with a fireman from LA and he's working with Kennedy's lawyers. He was on a phone call with Kennedy. How cool is that? Awesome. Kennedy's Kennedy said that um, if anything's going to save this country, it's going to be the red States. He's a Democrat and he's now saying it's not going to be Democrat States. It's going to be the red States that are going to do it. And it's the, the, the Christians who are actually the ones who are kind of stepping up now which seems really interesting you know i mean yeah, they're it, not it, it, it makes sense when you look back at the last two years though and how religion in a sense was very much attacked by the lockdown policies people were forbidden from from gathering in, in the name of their religion and look at what they did you know like to the jews in new york city a lot of them could yeah. go to synagogue well, and, just they, the and jews, they were standing up everyone early they, they shut down churches and religious establishments yeah. in a clear violation of the first Amendment. oh yeah and then there was that pastor in canada what was his name again uh oh yeah um, awesome and they arrested him you know yeah i think they arrested him several times yeah they kept they kept just putting them through yeah. the cycle. Yeah, the um the the you know they're yeah, they're closing down churches, but they're keeping liquor stores open. Oh, they're closing down Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're keeping liquor stores open. Right. They're closing right. down churches. Yeah. It, yeah it totally back ass Almost seems like they wanted as much people to die as possible. It was uh Arthur Palau Paulowski, Paulowski yeah. in uh, uh Calgary right. in Ottawa or not Ottawa? Um, would love love to get Alberta him on the show. He would be an interesting guest to talk it's to. Firebrand. That man has no problem being disagreeable. No problem at all. Balls of steel. <laughs> right. That's a man. That's a man right there. That's a leader. Yeah. You know, that's, thing, that's what, what I, I find really like ironic or hypocritical is that you know in the in the heyday, the early days of the pandemic, we were told you know our first responders are you know essential workers. You know we were in New York; they were every seven p.m. they'd open the windows and bang pots and pants. Thank you for essential workers. Thank you to our you know our EMTs and our hospital workers and everything. And then as soon as the injections of experimental nature with you know, now laundry list side effects, thanks to that Pfizer data dump we've seen. Now that that's all, you know, coming out, that it's like they, they switched. And as soon as there was, you know, a doctor or a nurse or a fireman or, you know, a member of our military or police force or EMTs that did not want to take partake in this experiment because they probably already were exposed and had natural immunity. Uh, as soon as they, you know, make that position, they are now the enemy. And it's like, Wow, that was a real 180 from, you know, honoring and appreciating and banging pots and pans to now like, oh, well, if you're not going to do what we say, you're going to get fired. Like, right, right. Wow. And then and then, you know, it gets this is where it gets exhausting. 
and I, and yes, I'm I'm exhausted like everybody else. Uh, but I have no intention on backing down. Um, every day, I assume that this is just going to get worse because I don't want to get caught with my pants down. But I'm exhausted, and so is everybody else. Because when you feel like they could fire you at any second, and you don't know what you're going to do, that that hurts. Yeah. The emotional and the uh, psychological toll that this has left. And, you know, listen, I have, I have, I work for a city, you know, city, city's been good to me, uh, good career, but I have spoken out in social media and I, and I've put it like this, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say it like this. I have no trust for my employer anymore. I don't trust you, employer. You you have put fear into me, fear of losing my job. I'll tell you what's going on right now is is we're allowed to test. They're letting us test. Okay, but uh, they've coerced other people into getting the injection, and I just don't I don't trust them. So how do you think that's going to play out for the rest of my career where I don't even trust my employer? The testing too, I, I'm pretty sure it was just designed to frustrate people into getting yes. the shot, you know, because that's useless too. You're going to test every single time. It's useless. But I feel you, man. I imagine someone like you in your position, it must feel like a, a big betrayal to serve the city for so long and then to just be totally unceremoniously just thrown under the bus, ignored. And like one of my good friends is an art teacher and he's I'm not going to name him, but he'll, he'll be on the show eventually when he's ready. But he's probably the most brilliant painter in Elizabeth, New Jersey. A, amazing artist. Worked in the school district for over 20 years. Refused to get the shot. Spoke out about this stuff. Like so many colleagues and stuff. Just cut him off. Friends don't talk to him anymore. And he resigned. He's going to move, I think, to Florida soon. And, you know, they didn't even give him like a, like a letter, a thank you. You know, thank you for all of your service to the city for all of these years, you know, teaching our student, nothing, you know, and yeah. it just, it hurts, you know, it hurts him and mm -hmm. it, it's fucked up. It is. Yeah. It, you really quickly learn. Well, you like, like you guys have said before, you know, um, you found out who your real friends were through all this, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a way to look at this. We could get all down and depressed, right. Or we can make lemonade out of it. Right. And lemonade is delicious. So, you should try to do that. <laughs> but we've learned that we could be pretty quickly disposed of and forgotten about quickly. I mean, let's let's face the facts here. You know, that's what we got here in our society. Our society is not not well right now. Yeah, it hasn't been for a while. There's a flip side to that, though, you know. Yes. On one end of it, it's just people who I never thought would just abandon me or, you know, wouldn't not stand up for me, just poof, left, right? Vanish yeah. or anything. Like, like we mentioned the Jan 6 stuff to you. It's like almost no one, a couple people that I know, but almost no one reached out. Oh my God, Dan, that's like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That must yeah. be really scary. The FBI is showing up, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to your grandma, like radio silence. They just disappear from my life. But the flip side of it is that people who I never would have expected to be there for me and to Boom. show support 
suddenly came out of nowhere and right. helped me, gave me words of encouragement, supported the podcast. So there, there is that side of it. And just doing right. the podcast and talking to people like you and all these people across the country and other countries, we've made uh, new, new friends and we've sort of created a community of free thinkers, but who are truly diverse in, in the true sense yeah. of that word. Oh, um, diverse as can be. folk shit sense of that word, but the true sense of diversity, diversity of thought, not just diversity of like sexuality and skin color and gender and all that, but right. diversity of thought. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the video of the truckers up in Canada where everybody was in the house making sandwiches? Uh, and they were, so. we saw quite a few things. I don't, and we, I don't remember. We, so I don't remember seeing the sandwich video. And we, it spoke, was, we spoke it was in a half of the protesters too on our show. We had him on twice. We had one protest. There was no, nothing with sandwiches. Yeah, know. he didn't mention sandwiches, but you know, we heard well, about bouncy castles and and the yeah. Uh, well, the sandwiches they were making. It was a whole house full of people, right? They they said, "Come over, let's make sandwiches." They were singing "Oh Canada." And it was women and men and kids, right? And every, and the camera just panned all around, and you see they're just making sandwiches and singing, making sandwiches and singing. All those sandwiches are going to get bagged, and they're going to ship them out and send them to the front line so that the truckers got something to eat. And, man, I tell you right there, I started to get a little tear in my eye, and I'm thinking to myself, like, these are the people. That's them right there. These are the people I will fight for because I know they will fight for me. And this is what has happened. We have woken up. We have woken up. This is something of a good thing because, look, we, we all got complacent. We all got, you know, thinking, ah, all right, business as usual. Hey, look, it's, it's over now. Now we know who's out there, who our real friends are. We know where to go. We know who to look for. And it's opened my eyes big time makes me want to be a better person every day because I look at those people that were singing, making those sandwiches. I hold them at high regard. And I think I want to be like them. Okay. Those are my heroes. Those are my freaking heroes. Not the guy running down the football field for 200 million. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Big deal. Yeah. No, those people are making sandwiches and I love sandwiches. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I know those truckers do too. So yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm bought in all the way with, with defending our freedom. I think that's uh, what, what this country is all about. Yeah, we've seen, we spoke with uh, a 32-year uh, Air Force uh, veteran, Colonel Rob Manus, and we, he was telling us about how a lot of the, uh, the, the guys in the military are retiring early. They're trying to get out sooner because of the whole, not only were they pushing the mandates on them, but also they, they've been pushing this like whole critical race ideology and they've been slowly sort of trying to like, it's like almost like they're calling the military apparatus in order to bring in more of the indoctrinated sort of woke type people. Um, so that was an interesting conversation that we had with him. And it just, it, it seems like that this is kind of like what's happening on like on the national scale. We have these sort of uh, 
these cultists almost, the uh, people that are in the, the branch Covidian cult, as I refer to it, they also align with the woke ideology. And these are the same people that are now, you know, pushing for interventionism in Ukraine, the neoliberals and the neoconservatives. So it's just so weird to see it all line up. And then on the other side, you've got, you know, people like us who are more free thinking, that are more individual, we value freedom and the ability to, you know, self-determination. And it's just, it's weird to see it like continue in this vein. I posted this funny video the other day. It was by this like big Chad guy and he had a really thick accent, but he was basically like kind of making fun of these people who are now all of a sudden coming out and saying, I stand with Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. He's like, dude, you couldn't even stand for yourself. You you spent two years wearing a mask like a little bitch, you right? Over and 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 you just let the government inject you whatever the fuck you want, and you didn't make any kind of stand at all for yourself for your kids, you right? Ask on the right seven hours a day, and you're over here saying you're, you're gonna flex your muscles on the line, saying you're gonna go fight in a war, telling other people to go fight in the war. And he's like, dude, you get offended by which pronouns people use, <laughs> right? So, and you think you're gonna. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> just shut up. Like you're not gonna you're not standing with Ukraine. You're just virtue signaling the next thing that the media told you to be angry about or told you to be concerned about. You didn't give a shit what was going on in Ukraine for the last eight years. And we could get into that, but a lot of things were happening there leading up to the current situation. And right. all of a sudden you think this just happens in a bubble that Russia just invades and and yeah. oof, now all of a sudden it's like stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's laughable. It is laughable. Um, yeah, the whole the whole Ukraine thing that that's a whole other podcast. I mean, it's yeah. there's so much. I just learned a lot of stuff last night. The Bible um, Labs. Oh yeah, it's coming oh, up, man. Yeah, man. It's and I mean, it, it is. It is just uh, what they are doing is they're chasing us from one uh, high anxiety situation into the next. Right. Everybody just got was just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID. Um, people starting to relax a little bit. Masks coming off, you know, in some places. And then all of a sudden, boom, they got us all jacked up again. Right. All high anxiety. Nobody in our country right now is able to just flourish and work on their own life right now because they're so sucked away from that and they're sucked away into something that's happening 5,000 miles away. Yeah, something it's abstract. It's abstract. I, again, I know there's people over there and I, and again, I feel, I feel for them, but it's abstract. It's yeah. what's happening in front of you what right now. Here. How, right. how about the fact that there's fentanyl pouring over the border yep. as a first responder, I see the overdoses. Okay. And I think we're uh, running about a hundred thousand overdoses for the year or last year, I should say, because this is a new year. It's probably going to be higher at this one coming up. And, you know, the news doesn't even talk about it. What if the news spent a week or two just every day drilling us? Hey, there's fentanyl. It's a problem. Hey, there's fentanyl. It's a problem. We got to do something. Would everybody stop focusing on Ukraine? and worry about something that's on our doorstep, I would believe so. And then we could get something done about it. It's scary to think, though, that, you know, our, we're just being led around by our noses like that. It's <laughs> so easy for them to just make us focus on something that we shouldn't even be focusing on.
I think it's because people don't understand propaganda and how it works. They don't understand the mechanism that is being the machine that is being used against them and what it's doing to their mind. Uh, we recommend this book often on the show, but I'm going to recommend it again. I think people should read it. It's Propaganda by Edward Bernays. Read that book. I heard of it. Yeah. Introduction by Mark Crispin Miller, who, you know, <laughs> he's a professor in New York, too, and he was speaking out against the new normal shit. And he got censored. And too. he got censored and condemned. It's like literally the guy who teaches the class on propaganda <laughs> was calling out what was happening as propaganda, and they censored him. And they, <laughs> right. you know, it's crazy. You can't make this shit up, you know? Yeah. Go read that book. Why? Because that is what the quote-unquote elite are reading. That is what they're reading. Study, yeah. they study understand the methods and techniques that they're that they are using against you and if you understand it you'll have a better chance of uh, it not working on you you know right. everyone can be affected by propaganda i don't think anyone is uh immune from it totally but the more you know about the methods and the techniques the less susceptible you are to falling for it right exactly uh, would you agree that potentially right now as we speak because um, I do. I never read the book, but I've watched some good YouTube videos about propaganda. If there's a, they ratchet up and then they back off. They ratchet up and they back off. Well, we're backed off right now. Now a lot of people are walking around saying, "Oh, it's all falling apart. It's almost over." And I'm thinking, wait a minute. It might push again. Yeah. The election's coming up. How are the Democrats going to win? Now, especially now, out of what we just saw with the last red wave, how are they going to win if there's no fear? Yeah. Everything's been fear, right? So they need to get us scared. So we do, we do have the war in Ukraine to do that. But is that enough for them to win the election coming up with the odds against them? We got, we got a lot of time, too. We got at least uh, let's see elections in November. We're in about right. March still. So that's like easily yeah. like eight months left. There's always plenty of time for a, a new catastrophe. You know, a, a, a new variant. Or, 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 you know, they could let something out of a lab. Yep. You know, like they've... Who knows? We still, we still don't know the origins of that. You know, it's pretty well established. It's pretty, you know, the, the consensus now is that it was a lab leak. Now, whether it was a leak or it was an intentional yeah. release is still That's up for debate. Question. But it's just funny that, you know, for, for the beginning of that whole thing, you know, we knew, like, even any... Like, Fauci knew that there was concern that, that this came out of one of their facilities in, in Wuhan. Yeah, the email showed that. And... Yeah. <laughs> And it was so, you know, it was a conspiracy theory. It was misinformation. Yep. It was this, that, and the they third. were censoring all these people. So Brent, Brent had a solo YouTube channel on, on YouTube, which is now gone. They, uh, they nuked me, nuked it on his last birthday in November. But <laughs> he put a video out because you know we follow world events pretty closely. We've been like that for most of our lives. It was sort of tongue in cheek, a satire, but yeah, it, it but was, it was, it kind of did that intentionally so it would go under the radar. But he put a video out in February of 2020, so a couple weeks before the lockdowns happened. But the virus and all that was already in the news, and it's already been talked about of a lab leak. And he was already talking about like guys. This this looks like it came out of a lab. So yeah. I don't know where yeah. this is in the lead, but it looks like it came out of a lab. And now the most yeah. recent development on that on that angle is that they have identified a genetic sequence of COVID nineteen that was patented by Moderna yeah. in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen somewhere back. Yes. There. So and it's like the odds of that sequence showing up in a wild type virus was yeah. something like out of trillions. So it's yes, yeah, like four hundred trillion 
to yeah. one chance or but something. It's like that. So it came out of, you know, it, it definitely came out of a lab and, you know, there's no, there's no accountability, you know, Peter Gazek and the NIH and Fauci who all illegally were engaging in gain of function research in these laboratories, no accountability for them. And, you know, Fauci has gone, you know, you don't hear anything from him. He's not on the Sunday morning yeah. talk shows anymore. Fascinating to see that. And Peter Dozik, Peter Dozik is like the, the, the money laundering extraordinaire top guy. And he was the one that was put in charge of investigating the origins of the virus in like right. all yeah. the committees yeah. of the U.S. Talk about stuff. a conflict of interest. It's, 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 right. so, it, 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 this is yeah. all out there. Like this is available public information. It, it reminds me of uh, Alan Dulles being put as head of the War Commission right. to investigate the assassination of J.F. Kennedy when Kennedy fired him as head of the CIA. It's like, how does that make any sense? How does right. it make yeah. no sense? Yeah, so that that stuff's been going on for a while. You you you, you wish you could go back into time and slap people in the face, like, look, can you can you do something about this? Because it's just yep. going to get worse, and that's what's done now. It, it emboldens them. They see it worked last time, so we could do it again and again and again. When the virus was first uh, announced, I had been coming out of a. I was not following politics at all. I was in my own little bubble. Um, I wasn't I didn't want it in my life at the time. So Trump was president. I didn't I heard he was doing some good things, but he always said crazy stuff and he was orange. That's about <laughs> all that's all I knew. Yeah. But as soon as I heard that there was this virus in China and it was supposed to be coming our way, I I could tell you right where I was standing when I heard it. I was at the bus stop waiting for my kid to come home from school. And the first thing I thought was China virus wait a minute there's something going on here i knew right away because in 2003 there was sars cov one right and i don't i i mentioned this to people and they don't even know what i'm talking about i'm like you don't remember that they're like no i was like well only eight thousand people died maybe maybe that's why you don't remember it. I, I don't know but the thing was china tried to cover it up and Taiwan got really pissed at them for that. And there was a big to-do over there, but it wasn't really covered. But ever since and, – and I, I joined the fire department in 2004, so we were taught about SARS-CoV-1. Hey, it's a thing that's out there. You know, it might, you know, might come our way. We don't know. And um, kind of scared me. And I said, you know, even back then I thought, is this something that came from China, like, intentionally made or whatever? Well – that went away. And then SARS-CoV-2 came out. I said, that sounds like SARS-CoV-1. And the first thing I, I, deep di I did a deep dive, I started looking. And 2012, they discovered a virus called RATG13. RATG13. And that's, that's SARS-CoV-2. That's the coronavirus. They changed the name of it later on somewhere. But They've, they discovered it in a cave, and then they started working on it, and it, it didn't even hit here yet, and I was already thinking that it was a per, uh, they purpose, purposely released it. I'm saying they purposely released it. I know we don't know for sure. Yeah. I'm picking that. I'm saying they did it on purpose. We we lean toward that position as well. Well, also look what happened. You know, they they needed to get you know they needed something to nail Trump. You know, the economy was doing very well, and what happened? We had this virus come out, 
you know, it shut down an unprecedented shutdown of the economy led by all the Democratic governors and all the Democratic mayors. You know, they were all operating, they're all singing the same tune. At first, it was two weeks to stop the spread, which just got stretched and stretched and stretched. You know, then they were sending out money as in type of UBI and unemployment skyrocketed, you know, like that's what killed my two businesses in New York City. Um, but that this whole thing was sort of like, it was a, it was a boon to, to the Democrats and to the left, without which, you know, it's very possible that Trump would have won his reelection or that there would have been a lot more popular support for him that would have, you know, not been able to get, you know, Joe Biden in there. It, it also facilitated the largest wealth transfer from the poor to the rich something like history. 50 billion in profits between yeah. moderna and pfizer just moderna and pfizer in 2020 right. yeah. made 50 billion dollars it minted something like 11 new pharmaceutical billionaires not millionaires billionaires wow so, and that was all money that was just printed from the Fed, this is public money. This is our money that right. inflated our currency and drove the value of our dollar into the fucking toilet. And, you know, this is probably one of the greatest scandals of all time. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've barely scratched the surface on mass awareness. And, you know, very few people like know about it or want to talk about it because they don't want to be branded as a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Right, right. Well, people need to talk about it, even if you are branded as a conspiracy theorist. Brand me. And yeah, put that brand right on my forehead. I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> hey, look, it's a theory of a conspiracy. A conspiracy is yeah. two or more people well, planning something. So yeah. it's really this not is the thing. It's like the term, and, and I understand there are wacky conspiracy theories out there. Yeah. And I understand there are a lot of unhinged people who are attracted to things like that. Trust me, I've been studying conspiracy since I was in high school. I was reading freaking William Cooper back But there then. is room for nuance. Um, there's room for nuance. So I'm yes. being slapped with that label that, that, that that's not new to me. But what people need to understand is, despite all the wacky ones, history, in a sense, is a series of conspiracies. That's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's how people in power have gotten their power or get more power is they get together behind closed doors and they discuss how do we get power and keep it. Yeah. They do it uh, even on the lowest level, like unions, um, and you know, local town council that two people say, Hey, I'll help you, you help me. That, that's literally a conspiracy right there of some you know level. So it it it's a thing that just happens. It's people what people do. People they conspire forget. together. Yeah, like they forget like Richard Nixon was conspiring to do, you know, opposition research and hired right. the plumbers to do that thing. Or they forget that, you know, the United States was engaged in nuclear weapons research in the early 20th century. It was called yeah. the Manhattan Project. You know, and we don't think of these things as conspiracies yeah. per se, but they are large number of people coordinating in private in order to accomplish a goal which may or may not, you know, benefit the rest of the world. Manhattan Project is a great example because typically uh, one of the rebuttals you'll get from people about <laughs> this one. is that well if it were this big grand conspiracy they wouldn't be able to cover that up and and keep all right. these people involved silent the manhattan project and that they was did. Like, there was little... like there was like over two thousand people working on the manhattan yeah. project. and yes they kept it under wraps for a and while that, before that, that, that came might out, be a little you know? right. for a lot of people you know might because of the early 20th century yeah. let's just look at jeffrey epstein for example yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jelaine Maxwell, you know, convicted of trafficking children to elites. But, you know, we're not going to we're not going to talk about who those elites were or, yeah. you know, go after them for criminal abuse. Yeah. She, and we only the other thing with Epstein that blew my mind is that, you know, Maria F 
Farmer and other victims that have come forward and, and spoke out, they've talked about, you know, not, not just tens or hundreds, but thousands of girls that they saw coming through yeah. his, his, you know, his premises. And so like, where did those girls go? You know, we've got like maybe a dozen victims that have come out in public, right. but you would think that like, if these girls, if there were so many, like, and they were still alive, that they would have come out, that they would have, you know, be speaking out against this. Yeah. And it just, it blows my mind. Well, well plus the sweetheart deal, like there's, and the fact that he was obviously murdered while in prison and then Jean-Luc Brunel was murdered in prison yeah. in the same way. It's yeah, just, probably nothing, Brandy just killed himself. Totally crazy conspiracy What's theory. really crazy though, is that, you know, they can just deploy the FBI to come show up at our doors, show up at other people's doors over a fucking right. protest in DC, but you can't track down the leads on Epstein and the leads on Jelaine Maxwell. Bullshit. Right. right. <laughs> 775 arrests associated with January 6th for people that basically were just, you know, expressing themselves. And most of those people completely nonviolent were let in through open doors. They've been in jail. A lot of them have been in jail for over a year now without trial, which is you know, right. unusual and a violation of the right to a speedy trial. And they're evil Republicans. But they right. can't they can't bust, you know, the hundreds of ultra wealthy people that were all listed down, you know, in, in the black book. Can't follow those leads? Ah, okay. Gotcha. I understand. Shady. That says everything right there to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I also uh, postulate that, you know, they have videos and pictures of whatever it was they were doing on the island oh yeah and they're blackmailing those people they're more valuable out there in their positions and easily blackmailed so that they could gain whatever they want so absolutely yeah we need you to vote this way we need you to invest in this right you to take this public position and if you say no it'd be a shame if those photos and videos happened to get out right. that would be a right. real shame so it's just like what happened after World War II. They took all the Nazis. America did our it, government. Yeah. And they said, come, you're going to come and work for us. Yeah. Or, you know, you could just go to jail and, and be hung. Uh, and so, you know, we took them on, yeah. you know, That's and, and these were bad people. Um, but all's fair in love and war, I guess. So, hey, it's, this is how we're going to defeat our next enemy. So let's not worry about you know, the ethics involved in this, right? So this yeah, is always- Ethics, the first, ethics. I can't remember his name, yeah. but the, the guy that was the first head of NASA was a Nazi missile scientist yeah. that they right. had over here. And now we know the CIA was uh, helping to fund and arm neo-Nazis in Ukraine, but God- uh, You had to go there. I had to go there. I had to go there. Because it's almost like there are actual Nazis still in our government. Hmm. Did you guys see their patches over there, the Azov group? Yep. Yeah. yeah Brett and I have been following what's going on in Ukraine for years, actually. We we were looking at this stuff way back in 2013, 2014, when this... The Maidan protest. Yeah, the being sort of an yeah. obvious, like, CIA-funded so, organizer helped operations. This is why it's, like, it's frustrating, too, when you try to talk to some of these people who now all of a sudden care about what's going on there. It's just, like, and then they dismiss you, like, oh, that's Russian disinformation. You don't know what we're talking about. It's like, dude, you just started talking about this yesterday you read one article <laughs> in the new york times and now you're a fucking foreign yeah, policy like, expert you like. didn't even know about that situation until like the, the other day like we've been following this shit for years and yeah okay, okay. gotcha you yeah. understand great <laughs> the, it, the, as far as that i just watched something last night and i still have yet to follow up on it but what they said was you go on youtube and the first thing you watch is uh winter on fire Winter on Fire is basically a documentary, which 
they want everybody to watch it, by the way. They took it off of Netflix and put it on YouTube hmm. because this is going to be your propaganda piece, gotcha. right? This is going to be the thing that convinces you to get behind the Ukraine, all right? Then the next thing you watch, the guy said to do it in order like this. He said, winter on fire first, then you watch Ukraine on fire. And uh, Ukraine on fire is another documentary, but it's done by Oliver I can't Stone. Oliver Stone. Yes, thank yeah. you. So in Ukraine on fire, you're gonna go. Oh, I remember that guy from Winter on Fire, but that wasn't how they were painting him <laughs> in that light. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a great way to start your education process. Yeah. From there, you could go down the rabbit hole and follow whatever you want to follow. But there's even videos um, online on YouTube. They show these. Uh, youth camps in ukraine where they're where they're training them to fight and there is the the sideways z with the line through it which is a nazi uh logo it's a nazi insignia um they're all wearing it on their on their on their uniforms this particular paramilitary group called the uh azov battalion yeah yeah azov battalion thank you um and you know makes you wonder Makes you really wonder what's going on over there, you know. Yeah, and then, and then the history is so rich. Uh, with Ukraine has been the center of war and chaos since before the Ottoman Empire. They've had invaders coming into their threshold forever, 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 just coming in. So these are people who have a memory of warfare, and the East and the West don't like each other, and. There's Russian sympathetics. There's Nazi sympathetics. Then there's people who just want to have normal lives. It's there's gangs over there, right? So there's all kinds of people are not taking this important information in, and they're just listening to what CNN says and thinking, "Oh, those poor people." Again, I'm not saying that's not true. There isn't poor people over there, and all, but there's more to this. And to go to war for over there for something we don't understand. It's probably not a good idea. It's, it, there's nuance to the situation, and yes. people don't want to acknowledge that. And then when you start to acknowledge the nuance, you're just because of the propaganda now being peddled, you're dismissed as you know a Putin sympathizer or that's Russian disinformation. And it's like that's what they were saying when we first started mentioning the bio labs and started talking about Azov Battalion. People knew about Azov Battalion and C14 in these groups. They've been around for years. This is not yeah. a new thing that was just made up by Russia. They've been buying right. people in the Donbass area. Like, this is not a new thing. And then yeah. same with the labs. Now that is confirmed. Even China's coming out and, and confirming it, which is really fucking rich, you know? The, the thing is, a week ago, two weeks ago, that was a, a conspiracy theory. Yeah. It wasn't true, and you this disinformation. Now you actually have, um, I can't remember her name, in the UN. Yep confirming it and then there was a video of a jap of a chinese guy uh it was you know subtitled saying that there's american bio labs over there so now it's like oh so it's not disinformation well the way that they the way that they do that is that you know they america gave them a lot of money for to set up and to advance these bio labs but they're technically owned by ukraine so the way that they do it is if you say it's a u.s bio lab then it's all of a sudden that's disinformation but it's it's 
it's it's a, it's a non-point. Like, who cares if it's a U.S. biolab or a Ukrainian biolab? The point is, there are BSL two through four facilities over there that are doing, you know, who knows what kind of research. And they did get funds from the U.S. and they had them listed on the uh, Ukrainian embassy's website, and then they took them down. And you know, but the internet's forever, so you can't, you know, hide that information. So there are archives of the screenshots, you know, from the website showing that, you know, like, yes, these are all the labs. And then it was Victoria Newland who recently, I think it was either a leaked audio or it was during a press conference where she confirmed there were bio labs in Ukraine. Yeah. So this is a conspiracy. Yeah, 26, I think it is. 26 labs, which is quite a lot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's a lot yeah. of facilities. And it makes you wonder, yeah, it's, what, are the, what, it, are, it, what do the Russians know? <laughs> right, yeah. And they have a bad history with Nazis too, right? <laughs> yeah. So they, they remember all that stuff, but you know, you mentioned the 2014 thing and everything. That was a democratic president who was friendly with Putin, and that and that president didn't want to join the EU. He didn't want to join NATO. And then all of a sudden, it gets overthrown. They all got overthrown. They got thrown out, kicked out, locked up. Uh, and who ran that overthrow was the the Nazis, the fascists. And you know, their their big thing was, oh, it's a democracy that is allowing. There was a lot of uh, anti-gay stuff coming from them. They were, oh, it's, the, the gays are doing stuff. So that's what they got everybody going with. You know, and then they just rolled in and they just had their little coup. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, Putin invaded Crimea because of that. And he's called them out on that since then. So, you know, this is unfinished business here. Like you said earlier, this isn't just a bubble that just popped up all of a yeah. sudden. It doesn't also, happen in a vacuum. There were, there were peace agreements. They had this things called the Minsk Accords where, you know, basically the Ukrainian regime agreed to stop shelling and bombing the Donbass. And she's like the, these two new republics that formed. There's uh, Dontesk and Luhansk. And they are like now they're they're independent states, but you know they've been shelling and bombing and you know killing civilians yeah. that Ukrainians were trying to get over there. Who are more ethnic because they, they had this. Yeah. There there is this Russophobia that's deeply ingrained, especially within the, the Nazi esque fashions of the Ukrainian regime, the Ukrainian government right now, the more Western leaning faction. They have been you know engaging in in genocide against their own people. And yes. they failed to meet their, they failed to adhere. They would, they would agree to these peace accords and then they would go right back to bombing. So that's one of the reasons. And of course, you know, Putin did not invade while Trump was in power because, you know, there's a video that leaked with him on a phone call. It said basically, you know, if you invade, you know, I'm going to bomb Moscow. And like Putin probably, you know, he didn't really, he probably didn't believe it but at the same time like he didn't need to believe it 100 percent. he just needed to think that trump was enough of a loose cannon that it could be possible joe yeah. biden comes in here and obviously this man can't even utter a complete sentence he poops himself like he's totally <laughs> propped up by this machine of you know the democratic communist state that you know it's it's very obvious that he's weak and you know that's why putin's like hey now's a prime opportunity we should probably go in there and take what we want and clean it up and do what we want some rebuttals i hear too against this stuff from people that's like oh well how can there be neo-nazis there if Zelensky, their president is is jewish yeah he was also an actor so yeah right. how do you trust this guy he was hand-picked he was a freaking actor go look right. his uh his parody video of all the single ladies 
you know, from the, the Beyonce music video. Yeah, Go like, look at that. You want to see the Ukrainian president in heels? He's in heels and drag, like doing a music video yeah. online. Oh, really? 15 short later, he's the president of Ukraine. Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, brandishing his gun. He's a tough man now. All of a sudden, he's going to fight. Yeah, all Russia. that shit. And I, everybody's like, oh, he's he's up there. I'm like, no, that's all. You can just get a camera. I could do that right now. Yeah. I can, I, if you wait two seconds, I can come back with camouflage yeah. on. Like, I already got a hat that's camouflage. Yeah. And I'll come back with some kind of thing that looks like a gun. And you'll, oh, look, Fred's this big tough guy get out of here it's and then you got the the klitschko Peter. i don't know if you're familiar with the klitschkos i don't know if you watch boxing but they're they're out there too like yeah we're fighting to defend ukraine um vitaly Klitschko was uh one of the former heavyweight champions. oh yes yeah. yes and he's the big jack dude yes and he's with the black hair yes. yeah and he's the mayor of of kev so yeah. he's like yes we're gonna go and fight the russians and defend them and his brother's there with him too um, and there's pictures of him like posing with Hassel Battalion guys. One of them's got the shield with the, yep. with the symbol you described on it. And it's just like, are we not going to point this out? Does he realize that he's hanging out with this, these people? He must know. Yeah. So it makes you question. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the que- Listen, you know it. And I just want to point out to your audience, you know, uh, you guys are all probably pretty hip to all this too. The thing you got to spread the message about is that, all of this stuff is literally online. It really is. I, I get this a lot where people try to try to uh, I guess they're trying to hold on to their beliefs. So they kind of attack me a little bit. Um, I love it. You know, I, I let's do this all day. <laughs> yeah. But they'll say, oh, yeah. Would you get your information off of some TikTok video? And first of all, no, I don't even use TikTok. <laughs> but second of all, no, this is how you do it. Look on online, start your search somewhere, but start with the, the, with your mindset where you just call everything bullshit and now go from there. Don't say, well, I'm going to kind of carefully negotiate the information from both sides. No, no. Just say it's all bullshit. It's all lies. Now let me go from there. Start digging in and be prepared to spend a considerable amount of your time and energy looking into it but start reading books okay and then highlight the stuff in the books okay here's another book yes books we love books here we're big books yes the gulag archipelago all right i see that's how much i know about books i didn't even see the title i recognized the cover (laughs) the cover i'm a book nerd i don't even have that edition it's in but i I buy i just got this yeah i've read the first volume um of the unabridged one but i haven't yet this volume yeah. is like a mind blow and it's yeah, so no, so I why mean, why why should i mean this is history right you cannot understand what is going on in your present life by watching the news they don't cover history they even if they're going to tell you the truth which they're not but even if they are going to tell you the truth it's present information that what are you supposed to do with that it's it's empty you need to understand your history you need to all especially in america people need to know history you need to know why things got to where they got to then you'll understand where it's going from there and this takes time and it takes energy it takes buying books it takes sitting down reading books then when you go online you know what to look for and then what i've found very helpful uh especially since there's these other apps out there telegram 
uh, there's rumble, you know, there's all these alternative sources where they're not censored is I look for overlap. Okay. So if this guy is saying this, I go, Oh, that's really interesting. And then maybe two weeks later, this lady over here says something similar. That's an overlap. Yeah. Now I start looking for that. And if you, you'll start to notice if you dig in and like I said, it's been COVID college for me two years now, these overlaps, the predominant ones rise right to the top. Okay. So the, the, it's the same. You, you keep hearing the same thing over and over. And then it, it just reconfirms what you heard from some other source, right? This is, and then you don't just take your work, take anybody's word for anything. Then you take all that information and then you pontificate while you're driving, just drive. Don't put the music on. Don't listen to anything. Just think about all the stuff you've been learning and then you'll start to do critical thinking on your own. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's a good point. It doesn't help to just like take in the information. You have to think about it. You definitely yeah. have to think about it or, you know, it's not, it's not really going to sink in. And like you said, you got to make the connection, but it's right. work. It takes a lot of, it takes time. It takes energy. And like Brent mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't have time. You know, some people just can't. That's the thing. Um, but what I will say to that is, even if your schedule is very busy and you're juggling things and you're raising kids and you have your job, if it's important enough to you, if reading is important enough to you, you will make time. You will find little moments, even if it's 10, 15 minutes in a day. And you can find 10, 15 minutes in your day amongst all the other bullshit to read a couple pages, read a chapter, as long as you're chipping away at it and doing something. But right. do nothing and to just make excuses and say, oh, well, I don't have the time for it. I don't buy that shit. It's right. You're just setting yourself up. You know? And like, I know it's important to me. And, and even if my schedule was hugely packed right now, and it's not, <laughs> if it was, I would still find that 10, 15, 30 minutes a day to, to try to fit some reading and because I value it. It's important. To me. You have to value it. Otherwise you just yes. won't do it. Yeah. And, and I, I really have to say it's, it's as an American, I think it's our duty to do so because, um, the American experiment, if you will, they like, they like to call it that, 260 years now, um, it, it, it was created and designed in, in an answer to the historical events that were, you know, well, the founding fathers, they knew history and they knew, well, we need to create a system that's going to break that, break that cycle of history. And so it, this they is why very well read. Those yeah, yes. right. And so, so it's our job too. You know, don't walk around like a dumbass. You know, and don't take what people say as as proof of anything. You know, I think this is a perfect transition now, actually, into fitness because I, I I have the same sort of mentality with that. With as I said, with reading. You know, people who say, "Oh, I don't have time for it. My schedule's too busy." If you value it and you value your health, you'll make time. You'll find that 15, 20 minutes a day to just do a quick workout to exercise. So I wanted to get into that a bit, especially because yeah. the last two years, I think it's one of the reasons we've, we saw COVID hit hard with certain people. And we know now from the data that the people who got hit the hardest were overweight or had other health issues, comorbidities, that sort of thing. And here were our leaders giving us no advice on any of those things, not telling us anything about nutrition or vitamins or health, telling us to go outside and get sunlight and to exercise. They were telling us to do all the opposite of that shit. Mm -hmm. Mask on, just take the shot, stay indoors, 
you'll save yourself and save others. So fitness is something that's very important to you. Um, talk a bit about Steel Mace Nation, um, how you found out about Steel Maces. You mentioned that it's kind of a fringe thing still in, in the fitness world. And what benefits have you seen from it? And what is unique about Steel Mace exercise as opposed to like lifting regular weights? Yeah, that's, that's good stuff to talk about. Um, just to let your audience know, um, you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, Steel Mace Nation on YouTube, just type that in. And if besides the podcast that I do, there's workout videos and you could see basic stuff uh, to more advanced stuff. And that'll give you a quick idea of what exactly training with a Steel Mace is. Uh, but to explain it, um, a steel mace is a, a stick with a weight at the end of it. It just so happens it's made out of steel. But it originated thousands of years ago in Persia, literally as a stick with a rock on the end of it. <laughs> and it was a big, heavy rock. I, I guess they lashed it on there somehow. Nowadays, over there, they're still doing them, but they'll make them out of concrete. You know, they'll stick a stick into some wet concrete. It's very basic what they do over there. And it's mostly for heavy weight. If you see somebody swinging it, the first thing is you're going to think is, oh, my God, their elbows, their shoulders. It looks like it's going to kill them. Um, it, but that's not the case at all. One of, the, one of the main focal points of my podcast has been to point out that I always ask people, so are your shoulders destroyed? You know, it's my pet peeve. I, I, I can't stand it when people say that. Basically, when you're swinging a mace, you are uh, – there you go. This is okay. a lot of fun. Yeah. You're in great shape, man. Wow. <laughs> so there I am swinging an adjustable mace made by uh, a company called Addex Mace and Clubs. They're right down there in Florida next to you guys. Oh, cool. Um, and you could adjust the weight in five-pound, two-and-a-half-pound, one-and-a-half-pound increments. And you can you see in the one. background on my um, – on my left side there, those are uh, regular Chinese-made steel mace. Um, those are just one solid weight. But what that is right there is a 10 and 2, and um, you're just pulling that weight over. Yeah, it looks like it might be rough on your shoulders, but it's actually great for your shoulders. It's great for your back, and it really works your core very well, too. Um, your core gets a killer workout. So these are steel clubs. Okay. All right. And I'm just doing sort of like a uh, press out with those activating the shoulders and everything. Um, this is totally what I need. I have upper back problems. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like doing these sorts of movements too are going to hit certain muscles that you're just not hitting when you lift normal weights in that same way because you're not doing these kinds of motions when you're Ex curling or or you know doing bench press or. Right. It's it's, um, you know, picture fighters doing this MMA guys. Right. Or firemen. You know, firemen have to swing axes and things like that. It's it's uh, all movements that this one right here. What I'm doing is more of like a traditional bodybuilding movement. But um, you, you can see how versatile it is. You know, you could actually you can implement it in several ways. Um, it's also, after, it's, it, it develops, I feel like a more practical sort of strength, you know? Yes. Yes. And it, there, that swinging motion too, it also feels like traction. 
Um, whereas if you ever bench press or shoulder press where you're just sitting in a chair or on a bench and you're pressing heavy weight, it feels like you're compressing everything, right? And that's where people get sometimes they get their injuries, right? Uh, but when you swing a mace, you're actually um, kind of making it feel more like traction. You're using momentum, right? There's certain points where you kind of let it swing. And then there's other points where you, uh, you, you really get into it. Now, what I'm doing here is more of a full body exercise. I'm explaining how to do an uppercut, which is a fantastic exercise that you really can't do with any other kind of weights. Yeah. Okay. So you can see how the arms came up. Remember there, you're, you're, you're holding onto that bar. So it's your closed chain and it's, the back muscles in the, in the rear on my right shoulder are getting stretched out a certain way. Okay. Um, when you really get into these movements and you take your time with them and you understand what muscles to use and everything, you start to get these killer workouts. And that may some using is only 10 pounds right there. Right. You're yeah. using a very low amount of weight. And it's not like these, these don't take many times you're doing, you're, you're breaking a huge sweat. You're, this is a three minute video. I mean, there's a lot that you could do in 10, 15 minutes with this to get your heart rate up, to do a full body workout. You don't need a lot of weight either or big muscles no. to have strength. You know, I just, I finished right. an excellent book recently called the arc of boxing. Um, it's a great book. It made me love boxing more and fall in love with it, but it also, it's a little heartbreaking because uh, after reading it, you're not going to be able to watch the current guys. You know, every time you, you will, but every time you watch the current guys, you're going to realize you're watching something that's a shadow of its former self. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. But one of the things he talked about in the book, one of the chapters was about weightlifting in a boxer's training regimen and how that was not normal in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, when the greats were really fighting, they didn't lift these heavy weights. Um, and actually, they, they started to find that having more bulk could create problems for a fighter. You know, yes. you, you sacrifice speed. It, it, there's, there's no evidence that shows it's really going to increase your punching power or anything like that. They didn't work out with anything beyond like 10, 20 pound, like medicine balls. And that right. was the most they had with their, with their training regimens. And when it came to lifting weights, but for the most part, it was all about working the heavy bag, uh, the speed bag and, you know, sparring, sparring was the main thing. Even, even the punch pads they talked about in the book, how that kind of is messing up a lot of boxers. Like they're memorizing all of these combos, but it's not really practical in the sense of an actual fight, you know? You need to right. fight more to get the real experience. So the pads are kind of flashy and they're great for working out certain combos, but they talk about how they're focusing too much on things like that and weightlifting and how really it's not helping fighters achieve more power, more speed. So a lightweight, I think, is, is still a, probably even more a practical way of developing, like I said, a, a functional, practical sort of strength, you know, lifting things. Yeah. And... The, uh, the, the, the thing with me before I was using the mace was I was, I would, I had mobility issues because all I did was uh, heavy traditional weightlifting yeah. and then plus working in the fire department, wearing that heavy tank on my back all the time and wearing a helmet. It, it, 
my back got super tight. I was having lower back pain all the time. When I started using the mace, I started to notice my mobility was getting better and better. So going back to what you were just talking about, if you're a fighter, especially an MMA fighter, you need good mobility. So if you're going to do a bodybuilding routine, that's going to build up a lot of bulk and it's going to cause a lot of muscle stiffness and tightness, that's going to work against you. The mace or the steel club, is fantastic for it's it's it meets everything right in the middle it's giving you some resistance training it's giving you some biofeedback from a weight and and at the same time it's it's uh, helping with your dexterity it's helping with your hand and eye coordination because some of the um the mace movements you could get into these flow patterns if they're almost like picture a kata right you know you're doing a kata but now you're doing it with a mace. So you're doing uh, a front lunge uppercut to a side lunge where you drop the mace down along the length of your straight leg uh, to a, uh, a, a cross back squat, which looks sort of like a curtsy if you were dancing, which a lot of guys don't like to do. But then I explained to them, well, if you're fighting a fire and you slip on some sheetrock or something, you might wind up in that position where your leg is in this curtsy position or picture somebody slipping on ice and falling backwards and your leg going back like that. Well, that's where your injuries come from. Your, your, you know, your knee is going to pop or something, but if you purposely put yourself in those positions with a lightweight in a, in a perfect setting, you could train your body to be more resilient, which is what a lot of firefighters need. And quite frankly, everybody needs, you know, we all need resilience. So that's where that comes in and i like to style my purse the way i train personally i use light mace heavy mace uh light mace and clubs i use kettlebells and i use traditional weightlifting. i i use machines still i use all that stuff and i do a hybrid version people i train they come to me i find out what their goals are a lot of people like to just train with the mace and keep it at that yeah i'm they interested get great workouts. i'm interested i feel like I could definitely get some results. I want to get one of these adjustable mesas. Yeah, I think we're probably going <laughs> to invest on that. You you sold us. They're swinging it around on the rooftop. So, so are you yeah. are you training with with lots of other firefighters, or are they becoming interested in this, especially if they see like the benefits you're getting from it? Yeah, yeah I, I last uh, right before COVID hit, it, things were really popping off pretty good. Not only did I have. Um, guys hitting me up from various departments around the country. Sometimes I would do, um, I would set them up with a program or, um, you know, I have a, a .com where you could go steelmacenation.com and there's actually workout programs there. You could, uh, you could become a member, you could follow along with workouts or there's just, there's a $99 steel mace workshop. That's a great place uh, where I would send a lot of guys and they can learn how to use the steel mace on their own time. Um, after COVID hit, I was doing a lot of zoom calls with these guys, but then everything sort of died down. Um, and right now it's, it's been a little quiet, but, um, I'm still at it. And I have a couple of, uh, firemen and one cop who trains with me, awesome. uh, which is actually enough for me right now, because uh, I still have my full-time job as a fireman and I'm a father and a husband, and I'm also fighting the fight of freedom. Yeah. So, it's you know, this it all takes a lot of time away. So, but when I retire from the fire department, I want to have, that's all I want to do is just personal training, steel mace on the beach, um, you know, and just give people this great 
gift of fitness. Yeah, it's one yeah. way you can definitely extend your lifespan and not only your lifespan, but your quality of life. Because it's one thing that I've seen in older people in my life is that they start to, you know, they break down. My dad had hip problems in his late 40s. And, you know, he wasn't a very physically active guy. He would do a lot of commuting. He would commute, you know, for an hour, 10 minutes to get to his job. He would sit at a desk all day and then he would commute an hour, 10 minutes back. And then he would sit in his chair all night. Oh, and, yeah. That kind of, you know, that just that sedentary lifestyle with combination with, you know, stress, uh, not only financial stress of your personal situation, but also like the world kind of just like blasting you with stress all the time. It really will just degrade your, your biological system uh, and make it much more likely that you experience, you know, lower quality of life. You'll have pain in your joints and your, in your body. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the only way you can really combat that is especially as you, as you age, you have to be doing, you know, physical exercise on a regular basis to and keep everything. The you younger know, you healthy. start, the better, because the, yes. the older you get, and if you haven't been doing it and haven't been keeping up with your body, the harder it's going to be to start to fix. Yeah, ounce of prevention is yeah. like a pound of cure. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's, it's another thing. Like, like I said earlier, everybody should read history books. They should also work out. Um, books and, are like brain weights. That's how I look at them. You know? Yeah. And, like, and, and everything goes hand in hand, you know, um, it, when you, when you work out and then you train your mind too. you know, in other words, learn, um, your, your outlook and your perception on life is a lot better. You feel more confident across the board. You know, you mentioned how, when people don't, you know, they're not training, they're not exercising, their joints are sore. So this is a big hurdle when I start to bring somebody into a workout program. They just, their body rejects everything that you're throwing at them, right? So you have to start off so light and easy. And these guys, I love them, but they're knuckleheads, man. They're knuckleheads. I'm a knucklehead. I had to learn the hard way. When you start working out when you're 16 or 17 years old, you're lifting all the weight in the world, put more weight on a bar, put more weight on a bar. And then you go through your 20s and you're maxing out lifts, you're jacked, you're, you're feeling good. And then you quit working out because you get married and you have kids. And then when you're 40, the only thing you know is what you did. And so what do you do? You go back to doing that. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I can't lift that weight anymore. So now you're demoralized, Right. Then you hurt yourself because your form is bad. You're, you're stiff. You're, you know, and then you quit working out. So that, what did that go? Two weeks and then you're done. So yeah. I had to take guys and literally say, listen to me, take this 10 pound mace. It's a little bit better than a body weight workout we're going to do. It's, but this is fun. Okay. A lot of guys don't want to do body weight squats and pushups, right? It's just it's good stuff, but they get bored. The mace, I, I put movements into it. They're switching it back and forth. They have to think, right? The patterns that we're going to do, they have to think more. It keeps them engaged. It almost gamifies fitness in a way, you know? And, and That's a really and, interesting point, actually. It's a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I, I mean, this is from my own experience as I started to learn how to use the mace. Um, three years ago, I picked it up. And I watched a few videos and I said, oh, so on the left side, now I switch it to the right side and then I move it like this. And then I come up with a pattern. I write down, I might write down my little pattern, you know, it's now I'm engaged and then I'll try to duplicate it. Then I'll video it and then I'll make it better. And you can work on it for a week, you know, that one pattern. And 
before you realize it, you've burned 300, 400 calories. Your muscles are getting blood flow that they've never got before. Your joints are feeling better and you've been having fun the whole time. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Man, I'm sold on the maces. I think Brent and I are going to get one of these adjustable totally. ones because I've been we'll start swinging it around yeah. on the roof. I think I've been slacking yeah. on the exercise, and and I've always had the opposite problem of a lot of people. People like complain like, "Oh, I can't lose the weight." You know, I just eat and it just stays on me, and it's so hard to keep it off. It's hard for me to keep weight on. I've always had that. Yes, issue. Right. and you know, I've had eating problems and stuff before. Like. It's, like there's a mood thing with it. You know, if I'm in a shitty mood, I lose my appetite. Some people, when they're in a shitty mood, they want to eat more. I'm the, I'm the opposite. So I found exercising was doing two things to help me eat more. Um, naturally it was making my body want to eat more because by pushing myself, it makes me want to eat more because my body's like, I, I need more. I need more to fuel what you just did, you know, right. to, help, to help build it up. But also it improves your mood. And by improving my mood, that also made me want to eat more. But yes. I go through periods like, like, man, beginning of the lockdowns for at least a few weeks, I hit like 150 pounds. And that was the first time in my life I had ever weighed that much. Um, before that in 2019 on my worst weeks, I was as low as 124 pounds, you know, wow. depressed, working my ass off, making shit money as a substitute teacher. And I started having like joint pains in my leg and I'm just like, I'm too young to be feeling like this, you know, right. something wrong. So it was around that time in 2019 where I started to decide, or I'm going to do something different. And, you know, since then I've, I've been holding at around 135, 140 consistently. I think I'm around 136 right now. Um, but I want, I want to build up more weight. Yeah. Uh, I would be happy to get back to 150 actually, I think would be a good healthy weight, but it's just, it's hard for me, man. I like, I need to push myself. It takes a lot of discipline to do it. And I think it would help to have a trainer. I can see why people turn to trainers um, to just yell at them or keep them in keep, you know, keep them on track. Be accountable. Yes. Accountable. Cause it's very easy to just make excuses and, and to fall out of your routine and, and to stop doing it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one thing I, I hire trainers every once in a while. Um, a couple of years ago, I noticed my deadlift was not doing well. I knew something was up. I, I could have kind of self-diagnosed. I mean, I, I went, I got my trainer certification, but, um, I was like, no, I need somebody else's eyes on me because it's a deadlift. You know, you don't want to get hurt. And this trainer, you know, he, he tuned me right up and, and the good experience that I got from it reminded me, I could provide that experience to people too, you know? So I, and I, and I take it seriously, you know, like I'm going to be training people. So one great way for me to make sure um, my game is always on is by also hiring a trainer. So I go, I go through little bouts. Um, I'm about due actually. I've been thinking about hiring somebody just to get my conditioning back up uh, because I feel like I'm slacking a little bit. You know, I think I quit a little too early with my conditioning workouts. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as I start breathing heavy, I'm like, Oh, that's good. That's good. No, but I think I need somebody that's going to, yeah. you know, make me think I'm about to pass out because I, I, just, I wish I had a personal David Goggins to just follow. Oh my God. Seriously. To just follow me around and like yell yeah. at me, like, why are you stopping? What yeah. you little bitch? Keep going. One more, two more, three more. Like that would help. Yeah. The thing is, with him, you wouldn't even stop. You wouldn't even think of stopping. You don't even work out. Every time I try to get you to work out, you yell at me, and then you're like, oh, but what are you doing? This is like, you're right out. I'm like, okay. Okay, we're not going to have this conversation. 
Definitely not. I don't want to hear it. That's hypocritical. Mm-mm. But I guess uh, well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. You know, I think we, we covered a lot of ground. Um, I think we're around what like are we in ninety minute point? Uh, yeah, we're over it. Yeah, we're yeah. at about. We usually go about an hour and a half, longest two, two hours. hours. We've done yeah. all three before, but we hit a lot of topics. Yeah. yeah. Um, so any do you, final thoughts yes. you want to wrap up with final thoughts final message you want to give to and anyone listening repeat all of your all of your places where people can find you on instagram on youtube all that stuff yes all right yeah let me do that first um so i'm on youtube steel mace nation um you could also find me on instagram at steel mace nation um the podcast is called steel mace nation i do a secondary podcast which is called the freedom variant which is all the political stuff. Um, and you can find me at the freedom variant underscore underscores in there. There's apparently another freedom variant podcast out there. Uh, underscore freedom underscore variant. Yes. And uh, yeah. And those videos are on rumble because um, they, they deleted my videos off of YouTube. Shocker. Uh, yeah, they do that. Yeah. So that, so that's on rumble. Um, but the main thing, you can find everything right from Steel Mace Nation. And um, there's steelmacenation.com. You could go there for more f- workout videos for free. There's a newsletter you could sign up for, $99 workshop. And then there's the 21-day Steel Mace Challenge, which is like 19 bucks. And uh, then you could join as a member for about 9 bucks a month. And there's these uh, follow-along workout videos you could do. You could buy some shirts and things like that. And yes. anything, anything you guys could do to support the podcast is great. I lay out my own money uh, for a lot of stuff. And Same. Um, yeah, you, I know. I know it's it, you know, anything. Yeah. You, you guys so too. mostly spent money trying to do this. Yeah. So. But you know what? I know you guys, you're in the same boat as me. You love doing it. Yes. I love podcasting. I love talking about fitness. I love talking about whatever, you know, I mean, I feel like I have something to say. If anybody wants to listen to me, I am frigging grateful. You know, I, I'm not Joe Rogan, you know, right. I think, but, I think you would be a great guest on Joe Rogan. Seriously, yeah. I mean that. I mean that. Thank you. You, yeah. you guys would too. He, I'm sure he would want to hear about your January 6th situation. He'd be like, Maybe. "Oh shit, <laughs> what the hell?" Crazy. They came yeah. to your house. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite a. It was quite a year, and you know, like we said, we're we're definitely, definitely looking forward to talking to you on your show about some of that stuff. Yes. Because yeah. no, no one's really like formally interviewed us about any of that. And we've only kind of talked about it here and there on the show, but we never had like a whole like dedicated discussion about what actually happened. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that because uh, the interviewing process is is interesting to me um, when I interview people, uh, you know, the the questions that I come up with, I don't even know how they happen, but I genuinely will care and I want to hear what these people have to say. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, so when you, when you come on, just be ready for, you know, challenging kind of like, I'll challenge you. I think, you know, like I, I want to put you on the spot a little bit, you know, but not in a bad way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, so I'm down for it, man. Totally down. All right. That's cool, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and, and doing a great job of uh, showcasing the steel mace and everything like that. That that's huge. And Dude, thank you, know, you. Thank you for coming on and talking to us. Thank you for, 
fighting fires. <laughs> it's a very serious job, and it takes a lot of courage to do that type of job. It's like one of the ultimate service, you know, positions I can think of. And you know, thanks for helping people get fit, and thanks for speaking out against the new normal bullshit and defending liberty and defending freedom of thought. Um, final thoughts? Any final message you want to say to people? Yeah, just, you know, as far as fitness is concerned, get out there and do anything, but start small, go incrementally and don't overdo it in the beginning. Worry about your diet later once you've got a workout pro program going. Don't try to do both at once. You're going to just kill yourself. Um, and as far as fighting for freedom, do it. Speak up. Don't be afraid. There are many of us out there that are on your side and we need you badly so it's time speak up and don't ever relent be vigilant all right just think of that flag don't tread on me with the snake right which is apparently an extremist symbol now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> same with the american flag it's like now, he's, now they've got this weird yeah. association that well not not anymore they chant at usa usa in the last uh state of the union address that's okay now but, oh now it's okay yeah, now now it's okay you know yeah and borders are okay and all that is okay i love again, the stars suddenly. and stripes yeah <laughs> yeah but oh, it's it, nothing you know nothing is worse than falling into a pit of despair yeah and uh you know best way to if you feel like you're getting one is to do something and help someone too you yeah know, help. yeah look to your look to your right look to your left those people around you those are the people those they're not abstract they're not people in the ukraine that you really can't help help the people next to you and and that's it and just live a, a, as positively as you possibly can and don't let them bring you down Hell yeah. Yeah, especially when message. you're, I think one of the big things that people don't realize too is that physical activity is one of the great ways that you can uh, alter your mood. So if you're feeling stressed out, if you're feeling despair, if you're feeling depressed, move, move around, you know, get that blood flowing. Like that's one of the things that Rogan emphasizes a lot is get that off Twitter. He, he chases the demons away with physical exercise, yes. with physical activity, because that's one way that you can kind of clear your head and also keep your, your mind, your body and your emotions at a healthy level. That's 100%. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, we will be back with another episode very soon. Don't and forget yeah. to like, subscribe, comment, share this video with like one person. And if you really want to support the show, you can find donation links uh, in, in the comment or in the description below. It helps a lot. Trust me. Thanks for watching. Send that crypto. See ya. Yes, yes, send that crypto. crypto. <laughs> DM me for the wallet address. Later, guys. Peace.